momentum breeds more momentum. So I'm a big runner. And so I use this example all the time. I didn't ever say, I'm going to go run a marathon and go do it next week, right? So if this topic felt daunting to you because you don't even have bookkeeping in place, start where you're at. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency amplifying luxury brands across the United States and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, the marketing and business podcast for the interior design industry. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things here at Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. Today, we are talking about money. Should you raise your rates? So the interior design industry has had an unprecedented amount of business. Since COVID rolled out, one of the few positive things, I guess we can say from this whole pandemic and this this whole nightmare of the last two years is that our industry seems to be doing really well. Thank God, or knock on wood. I'm knocking on my head. <laughs> if you could see me. Uh, an old dad joke. So today we're going to be talking to CPA Danielle Hayden, who's going to walk us all through the pros and the cons of raising your rates and how to even begin to understand what that rate should be, should you decide to go for it. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Also want to say as we're um, recording this in uh, January of 2022 that we're opening up our full service social media marketing for interior designers. We've had a wait list on there, but that should be ramping up open to help you guys out with your marketing for your interior design business. We just received a, an amazing review from one of the sweetest designers, one of our sweetest clients over at Yvonne Hardy at Hardy Interiors. She messaged us. My team was like, oh, Yvonne said she got two leads from Facebook and she booked a consultation from Instagram. That's the kind of stuff we like to see here at Wingnet. I always get perplexed when I hear people saying they're not getting clients from social media or industry experts saying that you're not going to get clients from social media, I should say. Okay, because if that's the case, then there's something they're not understanding or there's something that they're not doing right. Because I'm here to tell you, our clients are here to tell you that the opposite is true. So anyway, wingnutsocial.com, go check that out. Book a chat with me. I'm happy to discuss with you how we can help you and uh, tell you the good, better, best that we have for interior designers, our social media strategy. We also have a search engine optimization SEO for interior designers, which is super important. Google My Business, making sure your website is showing up when your clients are typing in those keywords. So you're right in front of them. So they, they send money to you so you can uh, make a living and then some. All right. And speaking of today, I, I did say, I think that we're talking about raising your rates. Should you or shouldn't you? So my conversation today with Danielle Hayden was super, I had a lot of aha moments. So we're going to dive into that. But first, y'all know what time it is. Time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Wing Not Social mini news. Uh, before you freak out and say, hey, that's not Darla. No, I'm not hijacking the podcast. This is Emily Lisi. I am the digital content manager here at Wingnut. You might remember me from past uh, mini newses. Darla is unfortunately out with COVID this week, and you know we are going to get you the mini news uh, session no matter what. <laughs> so 
Today, I am here with Abigail Weidman, our very talented social media manager, and she is going to talk about something that I remember us doing a mini news session maybe six or so months ago, having to do with an Instagram update. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Abby? Yeah, so Instagram is actually in the process of testing a couple of algorithm-free feed options, which is super exciting, so I'm just going to walk you through those. The first one is the home option, and that is how Instagram has been for a while now. That is the algorithm-defined feed option um, with suggestions, new people to follow, all of the video content, basically everything Instagram wants to push in your face. That is the first option, and that option is called home, and that is your default mode. So like I said, that's how Instagram has been for a while now. The other two options are ones that I'm actually really excited about. And the first one is the following option. So this one is how good old Instagram used to be way back when. And this is where it's only going to show accounts that you follow free from additional recommendations and in chronological order. So in reverse timeline order, which I am personally very excited about. And I will be using that form of (laughs) algorithm. And the third one is favorites, which is unique and something completely new to us. And that is where you can go in and view a list of your favorite accounts based on those that you add to your favorites list. So you can go into the accounts that you're already following and choose your favorites. And that is going to be who you're seeing in your Instagram feed. The one catch for all of this is that the home feed, so the way your Instagram has been, is actually the default mode. So every time you log into Instagram, if you want to view your feed in the following or the favorite structure, you'll actually have to go in and manually choose between those features because like I said, the home option is your default. So while that's a little bit annoying, it's just great that Instagram is branching out and giving the users what they want, which is chronological feed order. And they actually plan to officially roll out this update in the first half of 2022. So fingers crossed that we are seeing this soon. Woo, that sounds exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's super exciting. Which option do you think you'll be using the most, Emily? I honestly really like the idea of the favorites option. I would love to like choose the specific accounts that I particularly like the most because Instagram thinks they know exactly what I want to see, but do they really know exactly what I want to (laughs) see? So the favorites is a really cool option I think that I'll probably be using. So this actually sounds kind of familiar. Doesn't Facebook already have this feature? Yeah, so Facebook tested these options back in 2020, but you probably aren't using them, nor did you know they were there. I certainly didn't know they were there because, like I said, you're not going to go in and manually select the display option every time you log in. It's just a little bit annoying. And, I mean, personally for me, like I said, I didn't know this existed on Facebook, so I feel like they didn't really push it too hard. But yes, you are correct. Facebook did actually, believe it or not, test these options back in 2020. Okay, gotcha. So this might, I guess, be a way that Instagram's trying to kind of satisfy the people that really want that chronological feed uh, back, but not necessarily have most of the people using that that option. I think they're counting on a lot of people to just stick with their home algorithm option that they've been using forever that they love so much. (laughs) And they're just trying to make people happy in terms of like having more control. I I put that in quotes, control over their what they're seeing. 
they want to give people that feeling that they have more control. So whether you use it or not, uh, I think it's it's a it's a benefit for everyone. All right, so that was a really cool update. I'm looking forward to that later this year. Hopefully, Darla is feeling much better next week. But if not, we will be here. <laughs> we will be here <laughs> with the news. So see you guys next week. Till next time. Many new sash. Yeah. yeah. All right. Before we dive into my conversation with Danielle Hayden, let me tell you about her. She is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting, Inc. There, she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and she is the author of the Profit Planner book series. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Danielle Hayden to the show. Hey there, Danielle Hayden. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm pretty damn fantastic, right? We're going to talk about money today, which is one of my favorite subjects going into uh, the brand new year here in 2022. You and I were talking in the green room that uh, interior designers are crazy busy. It's it's almost an unprecedented time for our business success in the interior design industry. Headaches too. That's another <laughs> that's another show. Our interior design clients weren't ready for it. They just, you know, it, it happened so suddenly with the changes of of so many people being home and, and just having uh, record volume that just weren't ready for the growth. And that's, that's okay, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just how do we how do we build these back end processes and catch up with our business growth so that we can continue to ride the wave and set ourselves up for continued success? I love it. So before we dive in and talk about today's subject, which is, um, are we going to raise our prices? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you an expert in this field, and then we'll we'll dig in. Yeah. So I am the owner of Kickstart Accounting, Inc. I started the firm around eight years ago. I was working as a CFO for midsize company. So it's chief financial officer working with the investors and board of directors and having a great time partnering with the management team to grow these businesses and and sell them. But what I realized was that I was making the rich rich and I wanted to take everything I had learned and all the expertise that I had gained um, from working with these individuals and and take that and change the world. You know, I think entrepreneurs have the opportunity to really make a impact in the economy, uh, make an impact in our families and make an impact in the world. And so I wanted to, to play my part, right? I wanted to do my part in that, in that change. So, uh, I took all of that expertise as, as a CFO and brought that to entrepreneurship. But what we found was you cannot understand your numbers if you don't have bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And from experience. Yes. Yeah. And so most <laughs> business owners do not have experience uh, in bookkeeping, which is fine. But they also don't have the mindset to get themselves the help that they need. And so we have been on a mission to get business owners the help that they need in their bookkeeping so that then we can help them understand the numbers and use them to make better business decisions. So it sounds crazy simple. You know, my passion is helping business owners get on time, 
accurate bookkeeping. <laughs> and who knew that that, right? That sounds so simple, but it's, it's crazy in my industry. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. The very first hire that I did was bookkeeping because forget it. They're even with a bookkeeper wrapping my, my head sometimes around the financials is a little bit of a mission for her. <laughs> so, I love it. And I love your, I love your why contributing to that because it, it is a, like the entrepreneurs and creators, it's its whole burgeoning thing, right? Or they make the economy for Americans. It's not all, it's not all just the big box and the, the huge multi-billion do- dollar corporations. It's, it's super, super important. But today, Danielle, we're going to talk about something because designers are so busy, they're at capacity, they're pulling out their hair, they can't take on another client. We're going to talk about, is it time to raise your rates for 2022? What that might look like. And the reason that I'm not not just saying, yeah, hell yeah, raise your rates. It's it's a no-brainer. It makes perfect freaking sense. But because this is unprecedented, right? I, I, have, I have a feeling that this is a little bit of a bubble. It can't maintain like this. So I want to dive into the pros and cons of raising your rates as an interior designer, what that can look like for you and, and where you even begin to structure that, what that looks like. So if you're game, what are your thoughts on that to dive in? And then we'll just kind of have a conversation. Yeah, let's do it. I think that yeah, for the same reason why it's so hard for interior designers to ask for help in bookkeeping and finances is a lot of mindset work because creatives don't always have the back end business piece of the acumen for, for it. And it becomes a mindset struggle. And I say this because I want people to know that you're not alone, right? So if you heard price increase and we're like, oh, I don't want to do this, <laughs> All right? Or even heard that this is an episode about money and said to yourself, I don't want to do this, right? It's <laughs> it's normal. It's common. And I just, I encourage you to embrace this with non-judgment for yourself or for other people because it is so common to have such a, a, a mindset struggle around this and especially raising prices. Now, you made a comment in there. And I think that this is part of the mindset issue that this could be a bubble, right? And if this is a Mm -hmm. bubble, the bubble is going to burst. And so I don't want to raise my prices because I'm afraid that I might burst my bubble early. Yeah. I I think that that's probably going to resonate with people listening out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that Mm -hmm. that really contributes to part of the, the mindset issues behind our pricing. Okay. And there's really, honestly, there's no way to know. (laughs) <laughs> there, there is no way to to know. And I was listening to, I can't remember what it was. I want to say it's one of my daily meditation apps. And it was like, it was about worry. And the paradigm was, do you think worry helps you prepare for things? You know, even though you can't, you know, <laughs> prepare for things that aren't going to happen. Is that part of your mindset that you think that worrying is serving you by making you prepared for stuff? You're busy doing you something. Exactly. Yeah, you're doing something. You're thinking about it. You're doing, you're worrying about it. So I don't think it's productive to worry about it, but I do think it'd be smart to be prepared just in case, right? But that's again, I don't know if we have time for that in this show. <laughs> it might be a whole other show. So let's talk about you're an interior designer out there. You are at capacity. Maybe you aren't charging enough or maybe you are charging enough, you're profitable, but uh, you have a wait list now. We have clients on our wingnut that have wait list until 2023 for interior design. And I'd like to think that they're raising their prices, hiring out. But let's let's talk about what do we first start looking at when we are determining should we raise our prices? I think there's a few things to to look at. Let's start with profitability. Uh, I think that 
we forget how much of our time, energy, and expenses go into a single job. And so there's different scenarios, right? You may be on payroll. You might not be, right? You might be an S-corp and on payroll. You might be taking owner's draws. But I really want you to think about your time by project and your average operating expenses per month. Um, So how much time are you spending in your business per month multiplied by your hourly rate that you are worth, right? Not just paying yourself, but Mm -hmm. what you are worth plus any team expenses, right? So if you have a team, assistants, VA, operations manager, um, bookkeepers, bookkeepers, (laughs) yeah, your attorney, (laughs) social media, your advertising, maybe you have some paid advertising, hopefully not right now. You know, maybe you had a big website project, um, all the systems, right? All the operating expenses that you need in order for you to be able to be in business, right? I want you to add all of that up. And this is, this is our break even number, right? This is the, this is the goal number that we need to be at in order to break even. And then you could take that and divide that by the number of clients or projects for each month. Starts to give you an idea of your profitability. Now I want you to determine what is your goal to pay yourself? Or maybe the goal is for you to not have to be on every job or to get a, an additional team member or to outsource other pieces of your, your business i.e. social media, uh, you know, right. bookkeeping, hiring on a, a business manager, a VA. So now I want you to think about what is the goal, right? What is the business that you want to have and how much would that cost you in the same exercise? Now, how many clients do I need to take on in order to be able to hit those numbers? This is an exercise, right? Like you can, you could go grab a piece of paper right now <laughs> or an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and start adding up these numbers because this is going to tell you if it's time to raise my prices. If I can't see any more clients and I am oh, at I capacity, okay. I am never going to be more profitable. You're never going to reach that goal. So you you divide that up. How many clients at your current rates would it take in an imaginary number? It might be if you want to make two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, hundred thousand a year, whatever your goal may be. And if it's an X amount of clients that you can't handle, it's impossible to handle. Then that's going to winnow down and say, okay, I need to raise my rates for my capacity of clients in order to reach this goal. After that, it, it gets even more complicated because you can say. Because you get to a point to where you're talking about scaling the business too. And you have to be, I think, reasonable with your goals too. And to correct me if this is another mindset thing, I was saying if I want to make $250,000 a year for myself, it's X amount of clients, even if, if I raise my rates to this X amount that I think the market will bear, I probably would need to scale and hire out or hire somebody to to carry X amount of clients. There's a lot of thinking that goes into that. There is, and, you know, and so and this is why people are so scared of money and I get it. But if you, mm-hmm. if you can start just right, I want you to get some momentum. So, sure. uh, you know, by writing down everything that it costs you today, right. By figuring out, you know, you could do this from your bookkeeping system. So when we do this with our clients, we go into QuickBooks and we mm-hmm. run the profit and loss by month for the last 24 months. I want you to do I want you to do 24 months because I want you to go back in history a little bit. And now you can start to average out what am I spending on each account 
on average. And again, the reason I'm asking you to go so far back is, you know, you might have had a big expense 18 months ago and you didn't renew it. Well, should you have renewed it? Did you not renew it because of a mindset issue? You didn't think that you needed it. You weren't big enough for it. And now you need it. Or are you paying for things today that you don't actually need? So I want you to go account by account and average out what you need to spend each month in order to keep your business moving forward today, right? So this is just, this is looking at history to figure out where you're at today. So that's the first exercise. And if you have an accounting system, that report makes it really, really easy to look back in time and figure figure out what those averages are. The second exercise, that's when we start talking about scalability, right? Because now we're talking about our goals and we're talking about how much do I want to pay myself as a business owner? Who do I want to hire, right? Where do I want support in my business? And if your answer is, I do not want to lead a team, right? Uh, right. So that puts a capacity on there, right? So it does, yeah. if your mindset is, I want to spend all of my time being a designer and I do not want to spend my time leading a team, then you have a cap on how many clients you can see per month or per quarter. And that is a clear way to be able to show you how you need to raise your prices in order to be able to hit the goals for for you personally and where you want to be in terms of your salary. It's January. You know what that means. The holidays are in a rear view mirror, but clients are going to start coming out of the woodwork and resuming their design projects or starting the new design projects that they were putting off. And now you have to ask yourself, is your ideal client going to find you when they're searching on the Googles and entering in those keywords? Is your website ready and optimized for SEO so you pop up in their search results when they type in interior designer Chicago? Who's it going to be? Who's going to come up on that first page or in the beginning of that search? So you even have a shot, right? If your answers are no, then you're leaving money on the table or even worse, just uh, writing a check over to your competition who does have all their SEO ducks in a row. So what you're going to want to do is head on over to wingnutsocial.com to set up a chat with me to discuss getting SEO services for your interior design firm today. It makes a huge difference, especially local SEO. If you're looking for your ideal client in your local market, girl or guy, I should say, we do have men listeners, you need to get your SEO game on point. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check us out. Check out the case studies there at the top of that nav. Check out what we're able to do for our clients and click contact me or let's chat or something like that on the website. (laughs) And we'll be happy to help you out. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com. I think that there are two types of designers. There are those designers who just, that's all I want to do. I want to put my head down. I want to design. I want to create. That's what I love. That's my happiness. And then your hourly is going to be a lot. (laughs) And then there's designers like, I just want to be the face of the business. I want to do big picture. I want to lead a team. I really want them to be more hands-on with the clients. And I think that is important to figure out what it is that's going to make you happy. And from learning the hard way, not just what's going to, not what other people expect you to do, what's truly going to make you happy. So let me ask you, Danielle, is there, once you've done these reports and you see, okay, the business is, 
this much profitable or I have this much in margins each year? Is there a rule of thumb with how much of a percentage of the profit the the principal or the owner should pay themselves or is it just anything goes? That's a good question. So (laughs) I hate these words. (laughs) It depends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that good. That sounds like we can dissect that. Yeah. So it, it it depends. And quite frankly, you know, any guru comes on and says, you need to be at, it's like, but why? Right? Why, why is that what I need to be at? Right? Because we just talked about two scenarios just right there. You know, if my goal is to employ other people, right? Because I want more of a lifestyle business and I want to be able to travel or work less and I, or I just want to really sit and be the visionary of the business and and really lead the team. Then today, your profitability, your take home as a business owner might not be as high. Because if you just made that decision in 2022, then you haven't ramped up your business enough. You haven't raised your prices enough to support your staff plus your salary as a visionary. Right. And then it might be, where are you in your business, right? So maybe I decided two years ago that I wanted to build out a team and I wanted to be the visionary. Well, that means I'm further along in my journey, right? I've probably raised my prices already. I know what I need to raise my prices Two, in order to be able to pay my staff, my operating expenses, plus my salary as a business owner. And I've been working on this for two years, right? So I've been raising my prices slowly. I've been looking at this analysis. So I'm further ahead along this. So I might be taking home more in my my take home. And then we could do your other scenario where you're a designer who wants to be heads down designing. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm saying these scenarios with zero judgment, right? Like, sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes, uh, you know, people interesting is different. Yeah. My mother used to say, that's what makes horse races. If everybody were the same, you'd have nobody to bet on. Yeah. There you go. I like that. (laughs) Thanks mama. Yeah. We all came into business differently and you might've, you might've thought you only ever wanted to be a designer. And then five years in, eight years in, suddenly you're like, wow, I actually am enjoying leading my small team. What if I add it on? And you are experimenting with that. And what you thought you enjoyed is different than what you actually enjoy in your business. So it also, it's going to change, right? So that's right. that's all right as well. But for that person who's designer heads down, low team, low operating expenses, you can take home more as a designer because you're not having to pay those people. And you're not having to to work in those those costs. True, right? Less stress too. A, a lot less stress, and having to be responsible for other team members and payroll and all that. So that's that's a really good point. And I want to kind of go back a little bit to what you're talking about supporting yourself as the visionary, which, which is an excellent point. Because if you're the visionary of the company, you're not necessarily doing billable client work. Right. So there's a little bit of um, fluff there. There's a little bit of extra cushion that your team has to make up for in revenue in order to cover that salary. So that's something to think about. I mean, as a business owner and a visionary, you are still, you're doing big picture things and you're bringing clients to you, but technically on the books, billable client work, that's not it. So you, it's a little, a little bit more creative, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. You're really stepping into the role of, CEO, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're not boots on the ground. You're not generating revenue. You are not creating 
you know, billable time. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of a corporate term, but I'm going to throw it out here. <laughs> sure. You're what we call overhead. So <laughs> I know. Womp womp. <laughs> you're the, the CEO, your finance people, your assistant, your operations manager. All of these people are your overhead. They are the admin staff that makes in my opinion, makes the business go round, right? Like they they make it happen, right? They they make yeah. the, the world go round here. They make the magic happen. Yeah, yeah. But they're not creating billable time for for clients. And so for some of our clients, we'll create what we call an overhead rate. So uh, we'll add up all of our overhead staff and say, this is our overhead rate that we need to charge each hour in order to cover you as the visionary. That's a cool idea. I hadn't heard of that. That's a that's the first time I ever hear of that. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. I, I love that. Because I mean you have to account for it, right? So for my team at Wingnut and on uh, for Darla Pal Interiors, when I was doing the design full time, we had Harvest, which was a time tracker, and all my team would track their time, but I was just kind of like floating in the ether. But I guess it's <laughs> if you actually have a category there <laughs> for overhead, probably you shouldn't float in the ether. You should probably uh, you're considered be for you're it. considered overhead. <laughs> so when we when we structure our chart of accounts, when again, sorry, accounting word, when we structure our profit and loss statement. For our clients, we specifically look at that payroll because the, these metrics need to be laid out so that you can do this type of analysis. So you want to have categorized your staff members who are billable and then your staff members who are your admin staff, your overhead staff. And then you also want your officer, you know, CEO, visionary staff separate or your salary separate. That way you can do this type of, of exercise. So if you are doing your own bookkeeping or you're working with a bookkeeper, make sure that that these, these amounts are being categorized appropriately so that you can do this type of exercise. And then it makes this exercise super easy, right? Because if you already have <laughs> the bookkeeping complete and in the right way, you could say, all right, who is overhead, right? So where where are my accounts that are overhead? And let me divide that by the amount of billable hours that we have per month. This now becomes the add-on amount mm-hmm. that you can add on to each each hour or each client uh, as you're thinking about your billing. I love it. I actually am learning uh, to look at this in a whole new way when it comes to pricing and billing. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so let's let's go back a little bit to the mindset quotient of this. So there is a designer out there who's listening, who is afraid to raise their rates, even that they've done the exercise, they know they're at capacity, because they're afraid they're going to push away clients. What would you tell that designer? It's okay, right? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, okay. it's going okay. to be okay. And I think that this is something that one, it's okay to have the mindset issue about it, right? So I think that we judge ourselves like, oh my God, why? Like you could be listening to this thinking, oh my God, everyone else is going to raise the race but me and I can't figure out how to do this. You're not the only one. Everyone's not going to raise their rates. And so no judgment, right? So I want I want to lead this with no judgment, no bias to yourself. And, and I want you to start to think about what are my goals? So if I can serve less clients at a higher price tag, be happier doing it, right? Because I my hair is not on fire <laughs> and I have the energy to maybe, you know, go work out or you know, class <laughs> live, or, live you a know, life. Maybe have a dinner with my kids. Then is that worth serving less clients? 
And maybe if you raise your rates tomorrow, you might lose a client tomorrow. But long-term, your brand changes. Long-term, your mindset changes. Long-term, you attract the people to you that you want to serve. Somebody said to me recently, how do you deal with competition? And I said, there's no such thing as competition. Love it. Right? There's not. There's people who want to do business with me. And there's people who want to do business with her or the people who want to do business with him. And that's okay. Right? Because I want to work with the people who want to work with me because we're going to enjoy working together and we are going to have the same vision, mission, brand, right? They're going to, we're going to match each other on the same level where that client who's paying more for your service is going to value you. They're going to value your brand. They're going to value the system that you've built and enjoy that working relationship. You know, that's true. And it seems, I think it seems counterintuitive. But if you're out there and you're listening and you're afraid to raise your prices, one of the best things I ever did with Darla Powell Interiors was I almost doubled my rates after I was a beginner, had a you know, little bit of experience behind me. And when I did that, I got tons more work <laughs> because I think there's a point to where clients will look at you and if you are priced too inexpensive or too um, budget What's the word I'm looking for? Budget friendly, value value pricing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not the kind of client you want. They're going to be like, well, what's wrong with this designer? Why is this other designer ride their rates twice as much? You know, they, they, they won't see the value in what it is that you have to provide. And I think it's, it's, it's a strange, it's a human thing. It's, we, we all do it. We never buy the cheapest thing, right? Or you shouldn't. We always want the value or the, uh, the higher priced item because you're going to wonder, what's wrong with a lower priced item? And when I did that, when I raised my rates at the design firm, I got exactly what you're saying. I got the better clients. I didn't have to work as hard. We got the better projects. It just, it's the damnedest thing. <laughs> yeah, your 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 value increases and I think it because it changes your mindset, your brand changes, right? Who you work with changes. They tell their friends, their circle, right? Their circle changes. But it doesn't have to be something, you know, what you what you did was very bold, right? So doubling yeah. your prices. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that, right? This yeah. Well, that tells you how much I wasn't charging. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I started off very timid. All right. Um, but you know, you can play with it and you, it, it, so what I love about business is that, you know, there's no such thing as failure, right? There's just learning and growing. And, and that's why I love the numbers so much in, in business because the, the numbers are just, they're a tool in the tool belt. They're a resource. They're, they're something that we can use in order to be able to learn and grow as a business owner. And so you can, you can double them. You can double your prices and see how that goes. You can <laughs> slowly, right? So you can slowly play with different price points. You know, the, I think we can all agree as established business owners, we're not charging the same prices as we did at day one. We don't have the same package as we did at day one. We learned and we grew. But if you're not taking the time as a business owner to take a step back and review those numbers, you're not learning the lesson. So I want you to raise the prices. And then I want you to review the numbers at the end of each month and say, what worked? What didn't work? Right. So how many leads did I lose? Right. How many did I not sign compared to prior month? And so by tracking those numbers, you're learning the lesson and then you can pivot again. You can make another yeah. change. 
Yeah, I love it. And I love the way you broke it down. And if you're out there scratching your head or if you're driving and you can't take notes, um, just go to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. We'll break this all down in the show notes the way you spelled it out. Um, Danielle, is there anything I forgot to ask you that you think that the listeners need to hear on this subject before we get into the what up wingnut round? You know, I, I think momentum breeds more momentum. So I'm a big runner. And so I use this example all the time. I didn't ever say, I'm going to go run a marathon and go do it next week, right? So if this topic felt daunting to you because you don't even have bookkeeping in place, start where you're at, right? Today, today, yeah. this episode was your sign that you need to get up off the couch and go for a walk, right? So <laughs> it, this is your sign that you need to you know, get up and get an accounting system. Or you need to book the call with your bookkeeper. You need to book the call with, you know, uh, you need to to make movement forward. And I promise you that once you make one movement forward, that momentum is going to build on itself. And this is going to feel less daunting every time you face your numbers. I love it. I was out on a run um, not too long ago. I have the Peloton app and I was feeling pretty defeated because I've, you know, this year with the divorce and everything, I've gained like 30 pounds. The Peloton instructor was saying, you know, keep going. Don't worry about it. Beyonce didn't happen overnight. She wasn't made in a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's a good reminder. So just, yeah. Just get that momentum. Awesome. Thank you, Danielle. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Yes. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Mind over matter. Perfect. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What's it going to be? Bananas. It's very okay. logical, though. Very you know? healthy. Like, it's yeah. a superfood, and I like it, so I'm not going to get sick of it. Oh, okay. It's, it's a right. logical what, decision. Now, what if the island already had banana trees? What would your second? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I like curveballs. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... Will the island have banana trees? I mean, the odds are good, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess avocado, right? It's like another superfood. You know what? Probably will not have avocado. Awesome. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. Built to Sell. Transformed my business. Built to Sell. I don't think I have this one. By John Warlow. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Built to Sell by John Warlow. I'm going to add it to my, my queue here. I love audiobooks. I can't get enough of them. They also have a nice podcast. Oh, even better. I can, I, I'm obsessed with audio. I consume it in every shape and size. Danielle, please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your awesome sauce services, and then we will bid you adieu. Yeah. You can listen to our podcast, Entrepreneur Money Stories, if you love the audio version. Kickstart Accounting on Instagram, posting all kinds of good reels of the team right now. And then kickstartaccountinginc.com. You can book a call and talk about your specific situation or anything that resonated uh, with you on this, this podcast today. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. All right. So if your head is swimming, because numbers and money aren't necessarily the most fun thing to talk about, but I, I do hope that you're encouraged with at least having the tools, the mindset, the process of thinking that it takes to go through and look at your books to see depending on which type of CEO you are, what you need to be charging clients in order to pay yourself the, the, the amount of money that you had in your goal money in the beginning in order to support your lifestyle, in order for you to be happy. And it's not, in my experience, it's not all about the money. There's also how much do you want to work? You know, how much do you want time off with your kids or you want to be able to travel? You don't want to be working 80, 80 hours a week either for, you know, a million dollars. I mean, who, who, well, maybe for a million. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. You know what I mean? 
So if your head is swimming, don't worry, go over to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast or look up episode number 248 with Danielle Hayden there in the, in the little search feature and you'll see the breakdown of how, of how she explained to go through your books and to do the little calculations there to see what you would need to be charging clients at your capacity in order to reach those those lifestyle goals, those financial goals. Now, within reason, right? You don't want to go out and so suddenly, you know, go from $100 to $1,000 an hour. Within reason, right? You want to charge according to your skill level, your experience, your capacity, your reviews, you know, your, are all your systems and processes in place? Are all your clients happy? Can you support you don't want to blow up, you know, can you support justifying a higher salary? I, I do think that there is a lot of that that comes into play as well. But if you're at capacity and you have clients knocking on the door and you have a wait list, you're obviously doing something right. It is absolutely time to raise your prices. I did an episode last year with Michelle Williams, who's my business coach for, for almost a year. And uh, when I went to Michelle and I said, Michelle, I'm at capacity. I don't have uh, the team in place to take on any more clients for sales calls. She's like, raise your rates. <laughs> and my first initial reaction was like, Ugh. You know, a little bit had a little bit of angina, but the truth is, is that it's it's helpful. It, it definitely going through this exercise will help you to realize where it's going to shake out on the tree in order to make everything work for you, so you can have a happy, healthy, uh, profitable business and life. So I hope that you found that very helpful. If you need help with your social media marketing or your digital marketing or your SEO or any of that jazz, wingnutsocial.com. We're happy to help you out. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. And we'll see you next week. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. I had almond joys and they're delicious, but evidently schmutzy. So you can have healthy, healthy. What do we first? <laughs> Bloopers. Good boy, Mango.